Get ready to shake things up with pineapple, coconut, and tango with mango lemonade, the two newest flavors of Rockstar Recovery from Rockstar Energy. These flavors are coming to you just in time to recover from the end of summer. But if that isn't enough, Rockstar Energy is giving five lucky people the chance to win $1,000 to fund their hustles. That's one grand in your pocket for any project you want. So recover like a rockstar, hustle like a rockstar, and visit rockstarhustle5.com for your chance to win. That's rockstarhustle5.com. See website for official rules and details. The Nerdgast on Talk podcast is brought to you by Spaces Philly. If you love podcasts, go to spacesphilly.com where you can check out Lulu and Pop, Both Sides, Turntables, Jump Thoughts, Silver Tongue, and the Nerd Coalition's very own No Gimmicks Needed. Visit spacesphilly.com today. And now, feel the Nerdgasm. Welcome mm. back to the Nerdgasm on Talk podcast, the pop culture powwow. I am your host, Swag on Zero. And we are here with the man with the plan. If you need him, yell Shazam, the host of the No Gimmicks Needed podcast and the co-host of the Nerdgasm Talk podcast, Mr. A&E. What's happening, everybody? It sounded like you was uh, you stuck in a wind tunnel. I, I do. I do. Yeah, it, it just sounded like you talking in a tunnel. Is everything all right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm upstairs recording, so. Oh, that's so, probably why. it's yeah. The sound's bouncing different. Okay, I, I'm gonna find some pillows and then okay. <laughs> put it on the walls, and hopefully that will help. But uh, thank you for joining today for the podcast. Uh, I know you hit me up. You was like, "We got a lot to talk about." Did you? Am I? Was I lying? Not, not at all. This is the longest <laughs> podcast I ever seen. So we may do a two parter for this. Uh, now, half some of the stuff we're going over, it we're going to be talking about Naya De Costa. Did I say her name right? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, she will be directing Captain Marvel, Mulan releasing on Disney+, Plus. Tom Hanks playing Geppetto, John Wick 4 and 5, The State of Play, Rocksteady announced their new game, Spider-Man on the Avengers, and much more. But before we talk about that, we got to talk to you about the Nerd Coalition. Yes, the Nerd Coalition. We we got everything you need. You, you want to see reactions? They are there on the Nerd Coalition Studios channel. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like it. Make sure you share that channel. But that's not all. We said we had everything. We got more. Isn't that right? Absolutely. See, uh, we got the website. Would you go to the, the realnerdcoalition.com? Make sure you guys get your Nerd Coalition shirts. I mean, get your Nerd Coalition logo with a Shazam lightning bolt going through it. Get your retro Nerd Coalition logo. Get your No Gimmicks Either Wrestling Podcast logo with soon to be Nerd Gas and Talk Podcast logo, which, once again, I know we keep saying this every week that new shirts are coming, but I do mean that new shirts are going to be coming. So make sure you guys stay for that as well. And man, look, what y'all need to do over there is all this work that my man over there, Swag, is doing, y'all gotta make sure y'all go over there and check out Nerd Coalition Level Up because I can react to the games, but I ain't gonna be playing them on studios. You gotta get your butt over there to, to Nerd Coalition Level Up because if you wanna see the ultimate live streams, if you wanna see the ultimate versus series, if you wanna see the arcade ladder matches, if you wanna see the sports titles, if you wanna see Q-Flow get bad and rage quit, then Nerd Coalition Level Up is the place for you to be at. Thank you for that promo, brother. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you took that torch and ran. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I was like, I was just, I thought you was just gonna bounce off, but you just, <laughs> you just took that. Nah, like you did Call like, of Duty. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
Did I run like you did at Call of Duty? <laughs> like, what do I do? Just shoot. Yeah, just shoot. Where, 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 where you going? God. <laughs> I wish we had a video for that. Oh, I don't know if I stayed the videos or not, bro. I don't really know. I wish I did, though, because you, you was gone. I was like, even the split screen didn't help. I was like, I can't even see him in the split screen. <laughs> That oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I, I thought I had everything, but nope you, you you took care of that. So we might as well jump into the topics now. Wait, we, we we might as well open up the letter. We you got the letter opener? Because I I see a Marvel check right here. I do see a Marvel uh, check this week. It, it's about time. It's about time. Naya De Costa, the director for Candyman, is going to direct the sequel for. Captain Marvel. Um, I know you you have a big opinion about this, so I'm gonna let you go first. I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm psyched for it. And here's the thing: she ain't got a catalog for me to be hype about. She did that one horror movie with like it was called Into the Woods with Tessa Thompson, but uh, she uh doesn't have a big catalog. And then once again, we haven't seen Candyman yet. But you know who probably did see Candyman? Kevin Foggy, and he probably was just like, "Oh," and then Jordan Peele backing her up too, and he's probably like, "Oh," he they obviously see something that we don't see, right? Right. Yeah. So once again, like I said, Candyman has to come out. Candyman should have been out by now, but once again, pandemic. So now with Candyman coming out and her getting that praise, it's like it, it could be a thing. And look, you have to sit there and think about it, guys. Some of the best directors came from horror movies. Look at Sam Raimi. Look at James Wan. Those guys did short budgeted um, horror movies and came and made big blockbuster successes. James Wan took Aquaman and actually made a billion dollar movie. Aquaman. But you know what James Wan was known for before that? Saw. I didn't know that. Yes, James Wan did the did the uh, very first Saw movie, which, by the way, is a. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 it by the way is a damn good movie. But I'm just saying. But yeah, but uh, uh, he did Saw, and then uh, he did. He, he's basically. I think he did just just the first Saw, and then after that, he did Dead Silence, and Dead Silence was good too. And I was like, oh man, he's a decent horror director, but nobody gives horror. Any love, period. Right. Unless but, you're a comedian. Unless you're a comedian. And then, all of a sudden, he comes out and does big blockbusters, and then he, he took Aquaman and didn't make it a joke and turned it into actually something. And, and whether how you feel about Aquaman or not, the man made a billion dollars. But now, look at this. Look at Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi did The Evil Dead. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But then... Sam Raimi made one of the greatest superhero movies of, of all time in Spider-Man 2. Arguably the best superhero trilogy. Trilogy, exactly. You know, so, and, and then now he's getting the role for Doctor Strange in, uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. So, once again, you, you have this history of other directors and Oliver Stone and uh, and, and, and more come to mind and Steven Spielberg, stuff like that, who, who started out with like, look at Steven Spielberg now. And remember, he did Jaws. Right, right. So I, that's what got me psyched about it. Like, wait a minute. A lot of small developer horror movie directors 
have done these kind of projects came up and then you give them a big blockbuster on, on top of that too. And besides, I think that with her being a woman and being her being a black woman, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say that Kat Marvel's friend and, and her daughter will get all the shine in the movie. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm just saying because I'm like, okay, hold on there. But, uh, but what I'm saying is I think if she's going to give us a different vision of how to sell Captain Marvel without pandering. Because in my personal opinion, I thought that Captain Marvel was more on the pandering side and there was not a lot of authenticness about it. Right, right. Especially when we made that argument about Wonder Woman versus <coughs> Captain Marvel. Wonder exactly. Wonder Woman felt fully authentic. Exactly. And there, there's some things I'm like, I understand you want to get the message across, mm-hmm. but I prefer a natural message like what Black Panther did opposed to a pandering message because to me, pandering is never sincere. Right. In my opinion. So, uh, I think that she can bring a different, like I said, I haven't seen much of her work to say that she will bring a different direction to it, mm-hmm. but it's it's good to see something different in it. Right, right. A different director, maybe a different vision, and maybe a, a way to, you know, work everything out. And then, Because then, like I said, people weren't really a fan of Captain Marvel when Captain Marvel came out. Mm-hmm. It was, that was like one of the, the really first MCU movies that was mixed. That was like Man of Steel mixed, you know what right. I'm saying? And right. the MCU movies never, never really experienced something like that. But, but her coming out and doing something like that, I mean, for me, I, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I, I, to me, I got to see a trailer. Because I, again, I didn't like Captain Marvel as a movie that much at all. So I, I could trust the director. And, and I also am curious on how much say does she has in this movie? Because we knew how much say will she have in this movie? Because we knew we know some directors try to come in movies and like Edgar Wright tried to come in Ant Man, but he left because his vision wasn't going to be fulfilled. So I will like I will hope her vision is going to be, you know, the forefront. Uh, Megan McDonald, the story editor of um, WandaVision, is going to be penning the script for this movie, and of course Brie Larson is coming back. So. I... I have good hopes for it. I just I need to see a trailer to be convinced. I understand that. I can't get uh, too now, excited yet. With Lady Sketch joining us on the podcast as well, oh, hey, I would like to get her opinion as well to um, how she feels as though it is that uh, it, you know, Nia Da Costa. Nia Da Costa. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was turning the mic so you can. I know you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm. I'm happy for her. I'm just glad to see um, like more black women getting a spot, like major spots in Hollywood um, right now, because we really don't have that many black women directors. And the only one that has any notoriety at this time is Ava DuVernay. Yeah, right. Um, there are others, but right now she's the only one. Homegirl that did. Um. Uh, God, you know she has a short haircut. She's a lesbian. Who? Uh, the, 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 the black director what, what, did did she direct the 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 the, the, the hate you give or she she did she did one, one of those empowering movies recently? God, what's her name? Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about when when I say I her name. Very I, I don't know names. I'll go well. look up the hate you give and maybe go get her. But um, I'm just saying in general, it's nice to see um some more diversity because people gonna get tired of hearing the word diversity. But having diversity in spaces like uh, Hollywood means that you get different perspectives and different stories 
um, which I think is always good. Right. So that's great. Um, I do. I I'm gonna agree with swag on this one and say I hope that they uh I hope not. I'm sorry. What I want to say. I want to see a trailer first for Captain Marvel two and. The other thing I was trying to say was, I hope Candyman is good. That was... My brain just shut off at that moment. Um, <laughs> it was a struggle. But I'm hoping Candyman is great. I want to see that first, because I didn't see her other movies. She really only has two movies. And one of them hasn't even been released yet. Um, but as far as Captain Marvel goes, I want to see a trailer. Also, because... Captain Marvel was like, I saw it because it's in the timeline. Yeah, <laughs> just... I, I, yeah, same here, same here. <laughs> so that's that's that on that. Like, ugh. I would like to see what Anthony Mackie thinks now because <laughs> after what he said about diversity in Marvel films. Well, I mean, I, I am glad that this will this is a step in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel <laughs> like this wouldn't have happened if he didn't say anything. Listen, but and also. What he's saying, um, I don't, I hope that people don't think this is the only action item. Like, you can't, somebody can't call you to the table and be like, this is what's wrong. And then you'd be like, all right, well, we slapped a black woman on the next movie, so we straight, right? It's, when he said that there was no diversity, it wasn't just about directors. You know, who's working behind the scenes? Who are you employing? Right, right. Um, you know, there are literally tons, and not at the moment, but there are tons and tons of people who work on movie sets and work their way up through working on movie sets. So if you're not getting that opportunity, it's the same thing as an internship. And somebody said, um, I want to say a couple months ago I saw this, and I was like, damn, that's kind of true. When you were in college... And your education is completely paid for, like, your parents are paying for it. You don't have to work. They're providing for you. You can afford to go and get an internship and work for free and get that experience over the person who has to work their way through college because they come from a lower income or middle class family who can't afford to finance their entire education. So it's kind of the same deal when it's like, all right, so... You're coming in, you know, on the set and working your way up. If you don't get those opportunities at all, it's even harder for you to get the foot in the door. Right, right. So, I mean, I hope they keep with this trend. Lead a wave. Lena Waits, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. That's oh, what okay, gotcha. That's okay. why it was such a, when you said she's a legend, I was like, okay. But I get it. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand yeah, what you're saying. I'm just saying, because she, she wears, she rocks, rocks the whole cool short yeah, hairstyle. Yeah, she has the cool short hairstyle. Um, but yes, I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Um, her and Ava are two of the only really big, like, directors right now. And Lena directs things, but I feel like she jumps in She's um, more productions. Yeah, that's how. So my my apologies out to everybody. <laughs> it was just the way <laughs> you so abruptly described it that we were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know. I was like, "I don't know where <laughs> you're at." And there are, you know, the vets out there, um, 
that are that have worked in Hollywood. But I just I would love to see some new fresh faces. Um, to to spice it up a bit. Right. Even though Kevin Foggy said Ryan Coogler is coming back, I will wait. Oh, oh, Listen, yeah, yeah. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Please get somebody else to direct that, that second movie. Don't do that. <laughs> get somebody for the CGI though. Yeah. But the movie, the directing. I don't think it was his fault with the CGI. They just got to put money I, in I just it. said get somebody. Oh. I didn't say him. I just said somebody else. Whoever oh, yeah. did it. <laughs> <laughs> Replace them. <laughs> yeah, we had to make this whole country. <laughs> that was expensive. But yes, I'm glad she is coming in. But still on the Disney note. Mulan is coming to Disney Plus, but Ooh. with a catch, you will have to pay thirty dollars to watch this. At first, I thought it was thirty dollars for a twenty-four hour rental, and I was like, "Oh, you, you could get the f out of here." Uh, That's not what it is. No, it's a uh, twenty-four. From what I'm looking at on uh, Polygon.com, it's twenty-four hour. I'm, I'm sorry, thirty dollars, and you get to keep the film. From what I'm seeing. Now, this oh. again this is from Polygon.com. Uh, if you guys see another source that says otherwise, because I heard it was just going to be 24 hours for $30. I have a gander. I mean, because the rest of those, these movies that have been coming out for, like, video on demand mm-hmm. have only been 24-hour rentals, and they're, like, 20 bucks. Right, and it's I think it's just weird because you're already paying the six ninety nine for Disney Plus plus the $30. However, it says... Uh, People who don't have the subscription will be able to pay the $30 and still watch it. That's still too much for a 24-hour rental. That is still way too much for a 24-hour rental. If you really stop and think about it, if you're sitting in the house with you and two children mm-hmm. watching this for $30, in comparison to how much you would pay for movie tickets, for the two adults alone would be at least thirty dollars. Right. Should be more than that. I said at least. Mm. And then now you gotta add in the tickets, the, the ticket price for the children, and then any snacks you might buy, whether they be there or at the dollar store before you get there. Right. So you still gotta add that all up. So you're looking at a fifty, sixty dollar day. Uh, at minimum, if you're a snacker in the movies, um, go, just going to the movies to see it one time uh, and not see it again until it comes out on streaming or video. Right. I think it's a genius idea. Why is that? Huh? Why is that? Because this is what movies can do right now. Don't You, you gotta find a way to... The reason, only reason why Candyman and A Quiet Place... And Wonder Woman and Black Widow have all been pushed back till November. They they're sitting there trying to hold off like new music on, on the theater release date because they want to make money. When you have all these other movies that came out earlier this year or they did it just came right to streaming because they they took a gamble and figured that they're not going to make the probability back of money that they was expected to make on this movie. Period. So it's okay just sell it to Disney Plus or, or put it to Netflix for a certain amount of this money. These other blockbusters, they want to make money off of. They want to make money off Mulan because the the success level of Disney live action movies so far, even since Cinderella, has been great. Mm-hmm. And they want to keep that trend going. Now, if you do now, there are people out there saying, "Why would you do that?" Instead of doing that for like Jungle Cruise, I'm like, because Jungle Cruise wasn't going to make that much money. Right. 
when I see Jungle Cruise, yeah, because, you know, Emily Blunt the Rock is in it, but it's not going to make the, Mul- the Mulan money. Now, y'all know I'm not a big fan of Mulan. Mm-hmm. However, if my son wants to see it, and like she's saying, say if we all go out and like, since we're not a big movie YouTube channel, we don't get the movie sent to us or tickets sent to us and we go see these movies. So, uh, we we don't get those, and we don't have to sit there and pay because if I say, "Hey, yo, y'all want to go watch Mulan?" You already told me you took all your music and stuff out. You ain't gonna want to yeah. pay uh, fifty dollars for that ticket. And then only one I know that one that probably wants to go, maybe not because they took the music out, is Q Flow. But still, it's like when we bought on event, event tickets, I pay over two hundred something dollars for them tickets. And like I said, people snack. I'm not a snacker, but people snack into the movie theater. You save money. By just buy, buying it one time purchase and then you just having it for yourself. And then they make money because if you think about if there's one million people subscribe to Disney Plus and say that out of every subscription that they have, everybody bought Mulan. So that's 30 times one million, right? Mm-hmm. How much is that? It's a lot of money. Just yeah. add a zero to a million. Yeah. So it's three trillion now. They make I'm sorry billion. I'm sorry. Yeah, they make their money back regardless off of this doing that. That's why movie theaters now are getting scared when they heard that because somebody destroyed a poster in the movie theater. He was up. I'm sorry. <laughs> billion dollars. It's thirty billion. I'm thirty million. Yo, okay. I'm struggling. But look, but <laughs> it, it went it went it went to the thirty million dollars. I'm saying it's still more money to make in the pandemic than you was going to see. By not releasing, by not releasing it. it at all, I understand yeah. that sentiment, but I do see why people are upset about it. I mean, I understand about it too, but the good question is, since since people are not doing what they're supposed to do, the movie is never going never going to get the chance to open at all. And if you force open it, you you put more people at risk. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the 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 catch to this. So I went and looked it up after you said that it's not to rent swag. What happens is you're unlocking it in the Disney Plus library. Okay. So essentially, it is more than likely already uploaded into Disney Plus's library. Right. And you just have to go in and pay the extra money, and it will be included on the streaming platform, and you have access to it for as long as you're a paying member. Okay. Yeah, you most likely, you, you most likely won't pay it until your next bill payment comes out. No, you might be able to pay. I'm, I'm more. Sure. It's, I'm thinking it's probably gonna be like a video demand model for the thirty dollars, mm-hmm. and then your next billing will just be your regular Disney Plus billing price. Mm-hmm. The issue that I know some folks will have is if this is just going to appear, you know, like Onward came out two weeks after it was out in the theaters, right? Mm-hmm. On Disney Plus for free. So if you release Mulan for thirty dollars now. And say, and when is it coming out exactly? Do y'all know the date? I don't know the exact date. Uh, September 4th. Is it this month? Okay. So, say it comes out September 4th, right? And then the... And people pay $30 to see it. But then, three weeks later, three weeks to a month later, in early to mid-October, it's just available to everybody on Disney+. Plus. Some folks are going to feel cheated. Mm-hmm. If it's just automatically available, because eventually it's going to become available on Disney Plus right. anyway, and I think that is the um. And this is the smartest way to make money because it's supposed to come out in March. You also got to think about the releases. Now since everything is being pushed back, it's 
you're talking about a, a September release when you got blockbusters that were supposed to be in the summertime mm-hmm. and early spring that they can't even compete with. Right. Mulan, even though it's Disney, Mulan is not competing with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not, especially after yeah. folks is just like, Wait, you took all the music out and it's like a serious right. movie now? And, yeah, and this was a low risk. This is a pretty yeah. low risk for Destiny, I'm sorry, Disney to test this out. Because if this was Black Widow, I, I would, I, yeah, I would be indifferent about it. I could see them doing this for Black Widow. Yeah, if this is successful, then, I could definitely see them. Doing uh, this with, yeah, uh, and Black then Widow. waiting longer to release it on Disney Plus. Right, right. So I, hopefully it doesn't go for because that would just feel like the whole, you know, uh, what was it? Um, Tekken Cross Street Fighter, where they had the characters locked, but you they were still on the disc. It would just feel like mm-hmm. locked DLC. It was like, we pay for this. Why can't we get it? So, yeah, I know yeah. that life. Yeah. Um, but other movies that are coming out in the theaters, hopefully, Tenet. Tenet still has been pushed back, uh, I believe, to August 26th, from what I'm seeing here on uh, digitalspy.com. Now, on digitalspy.com, they did get. Uh, a um, they did get word from. Is his name Jonathan Washington? John David Washington. Yeah. Okay. John. He David ain't Baby Denzel, but he's the, he. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Denzel's son. Yeah. <laughs> they get uh, they did get something from Don uh, John David Washington on how he feels about it. He said, "I mean, I'm human. I put everything into this film, and you think it's going to happen? And they keep pushing it back. Uh, it's pretty disheartening." He said, "It's." It's like your child that you want to send to the best school, even though you have to wait a semester. So mm-hmm. uh, I can definitely understand because it, man, I'm sure Chris Nolan is pissed because he he trying to get that new pool installed into his house. I honestly well, hope this comes out because this movie's look real interesting. Uh, how about you, Mister Andy? Yes, I, I'm interested in the movie too. Christopher Nolan already has said that because somebody had uh, sent an email. Mm-hmm. Not to us, but saying, <laughs> you, uh, I was watching the John Campion show, mm-hmm. and they were saying, do you think Warner Brothers will ever release Tenet on HBO Max? And they said, never. Because if they want to work with Christopher Nolan, because they love Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan will not work with Warner Brothers again if they release his movie on HBO Max. Because Christopher <laughs> Nolan has stated to Warner Brothers that he wants his movie to be released as it's intended to be viewed, and that is in the theaters. I mean, uh, an artist should feel like that. An artist yes. should feel like he wants his work on the best platform possible. If if you look at Christopher Renoa's filmography, mm-hmm. you would see that the movies that he, he does, he like records these movies specifically to be in theaters. Like The Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight, the scope of those movies, yeah. Inception, Dunkirk, those movies that is the, the the scale of it is that he wants that thing because he likes doing them, that them IMAX shoots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so this tenant movie is like he wants all the thrills and chills and all that stuff in in his movie and he wants to see it in theaters. And if Warner Bros. wants to keep Christopher Nolan around, which I know they do, they will not release this thing on HBO Max. They will find Christopher Nolan is going to keep he gonna keep his foot down and they're gonna find a way to put this thing in the theater. Right. So hopefully they do. Uh, I mean, hopefully I they do. He's, I know people he's impatient. Live. I know he's impatient about it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Lee Sketch, any word on this? I, I wasn't sure if you were interested in this movie at all. Um, honestly, I don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Tenet. Uh, the movie has been pushed back. Uh, the Christopher Nolan movie with uh, John David Washington and Robert Pattinson. Okay. I feel like I briefly heard about this, but I have no idea what it's about. Okay. So I really didn't have actual interest in it. Uh, don't be scared because uh, none of us know what the Christopher Nolan movies are about until we go to the theater. <laughs> he, he does those type, type of trailers. So, uh, But yeah, I'm definitely interested in this movie, so hopefully we can get that set. Another movie people are, are interested in is Pinocchio. But not only because it is a retelling of the story, it's because what, what we have his biggest fan here. I, I'll let you speak, sir. Do you... Uh, because America's dad, who took the title away from you know who, is going to play the part or is in talks of playing the part of Geppetto. How you look at me confused. <laughs> I'm about to say you look at me confused. If that a first of all, I don't know how Tom Hanks keeps finding these roles that are just like perfect for Tom Hanks. But as I'm thinking like live action, I'm just like what because, because somebody told uh, contacted me and said, "Hey, get, you know, you know a movie your boy playing in." I'm like, "You mean Greyhound?" Because I didn't get to, I didn't see that's on VOD. I didn't get to see that yet. He I was no Apple TV strictly. Yeah, he, he said no. I'm talking. I'm talking about he it talks to play Chappelle. I'm like, Pinocchio, Daddy. Is that not great? Therefore, <laughs> his age. Yo, let me tell you something. I'm like, okay, I ain't not because he. People got to know they did a live action Pinocchio already back in the day, back in like the nineties. That Pinocchio looks scary as shit. Okay, I, I didn't know that. That Pinocchio, I mean, like my, my guy, like you don't ever want to see that Pinocchio in a room by yourself when you sleeping <laughs> because that Pinocchio was scary. All right, I'm in a live action movie. I'm just like, what is this? But now, but but bro, you, with, with Tom Hanks being Geppetto and with the Disney magic behind, because the Pinocchio movie that was, it wasn't even a Disney movie. I'm telling you right now, my money already taken. Y'all talk about this Mulan shit. My money already taken to see some Tom Hanks being Geppetto, and you know they're they, they, they going to give him a role. I just want to see Tom Hanks go back out at sea with Pinocchio and get caught up into the whale like they did in Pinocchio. I want to see all that. Okay? I, I can't wait to see all I, I, I that. My mind be going crazy about it. If you ask me if it's a good move or not, absolutely. Anybody else <laughs> does not matter. But I'm just saying. Yo. <laughs> well then, um... <laughs> Who would you play? Who would you cast to play Pinocchio? Could Jonathan Taylor Thomas not play? Shut up! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing honestly because uh, who who would play Pinocchio? I got I got to find somebody. I got to really go through the archives and figure out who can be Tom Hanks' son <laughs> because um, when he becomes a real boy, that's what happens. Damn. I feel like I had one and I don't now. I can't think of anyone that will play. Y'all don't want the little boy from Artemis File? He could be him as a doll. Uh, uh, the way he was acting? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no well, he but... can play no. someone without a soul. First of all, <laughs> didn't we learn our lesson that you cannot put actors who can't act against powerhouse actors? I know, there. It was a joke. Uh, but <laughs> if he's playing joke. a doll with, like, no soul, he will... He, he would do, like, he's definitely a doll. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Him acting with Tom Hanks on the screen, the screen will start melting. I'm <laughs> trying to be I think that's I'm just really from the heat that you're buying. 
The screen will melt from the heat. The, the little boy from Blackish comes to mind, but he is too old now. Yeah, he is. Oh my god, if, if they was to get like Tom Hanks, they have a black son. <laughs> you know, a black Pinocchio. I'm done. I'm done. Sign me up. That, that that's the Michael Keaton and fancy that I the thing I never I knew, knew I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> that's what I'm just saying. Man, look, I I look that that is just some good news. He just falls into these roles that are just like perfect for him. <laughs> he's been doing he's been he's been doing that. Very recently, like, like Mr. Rogers, come on, how can you not? And then now, when he's something like the Japan, I'm like, bro, it, 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 it has to be done now. I don't want to see nobody else. Don't, don't goddamn cast some other old white, white man that paid the pedal. No, it got to be Tom Hanks, it got to be because you already teased me now. You already didn't grab me by you know, grab me by the, uh, the uh, you know, what I'm saying, and then you sold me. So now, if you got something else in, in mind. I don't want to see it now. Well, you, you will have literally soiled me on the movie. You better hope because he's only in talks at the moment. I, I said in the beginning, <laughs> is it, it? It looks. To, I'm just he saying. He ain't here right now. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. And he has he has great reason not to be. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> now the next movie we're going to talk about, John Wick. Yes. Mr. Keanu Reeves himself. They're going to be shooting four and five back to back. Now, I would I actually like this, especially with the timeline of the John Wick movies been going so far. Just have them a week up. Like honestly, this whole series has been going on for two weeks. I think in the real timeline. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it hasn't been that long. So. If they're just going to keep going that route, I'm like, I'm totally okay with them filming it back to back because look, th- this man has done everything you can. And just all he had to eat was like nothing and a shot of whiskey. <coughs> I forgot what he had. Um, but yes, I am excited to see this. The franchise has moved over to $579 million internationally since debuting in 2004, according to NME.com. So I am happy about that. The uh, production is to be filmed early 2021. So they're going to get right into action. How do you guys feel about this? I'm a solid sketch. Uh, I was trying to figure out the little boy that I was thinking about for Pinocchio. Oh, the little boy from Young Sheldon. That's what I was trying to figure out. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, hey, told me to go ahead. We told you to go ahead. I know. I I think it makes sense. Because one, Keanu Reeves ain't getting no younger. (laughs) Do it now while he still has the energy and still cares. I'm going to go with the latter on that one. (laughs) It's nothing worse than people getting to, like, you in a sequel over and over again, and then by the time you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh one or whatever, you phone it in. Okay, so Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh God, yes. That was not a, a shock <laughs> at anyone specific, but I think it makes sense to just do this if y'all really want to drag John Wick out to five movies. Just get it done and over with. I do think five should probably be the last one. I heard six. I heard they were doing up to six. Uh, okay. Well, then he gotta die soon. Then, like, I mean. 
the the person that he got to kill has to die first. He's not dying until he does what he has to do. So, unfortunately, it's, it's just not our choice. I mean, I get it. It's just like, <laughs> I just don't want this to be like the Fast franchise where it's just like, all right, now we on 26. How many of these are we doing? I, I'm okay with Fast doing as many movies as they want. <laughs> I knew you was going to say I, I am totally okay with that movie doing as many as it wants. Um, for me, I think it's an excellent choice. And actually, I'm a little upset that they haven't done this sooner. Right. Big blockbuster movies, because this was only known as a Lord of the Rings thing. Right, yeah. They... Lord of the Rings is the only one that was like, we're going to shoot our movies back to back. And you have a different kind of feel to those movies when you can when you shoot them back to back because like it feels like the story's still going. It feels like the actors are still in it. It poses like calling them back three years later. Like man, you know, I mean, got to get this magic back kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm like, man, are y'all in the middle of something right now? Upset, but no, it's like we're back to back. The energy still there. Everything is still hot, and you can feel it in the intensity in the movie. And it's a great, it's a great carryover. And I think big franchises that have series like that should be you know uh, be more considerate of doing that because right now life. Has and has played his uh, played his ugly hand recently, mm-hmm. and a lot of stars you have signed up for different movies get old, they mm-hmm. die, mm-hmm. they get sick. Mm-hmm. These things happen. The Avengers did Infinity War and Endgame back to back because they knew Stan Lee is knocking on the door, and unfortunately he did. And but like but when they got the Endgame out, but if you look at to say like you brought a Fast and Furious. There's no Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Right. And Paul Walker was set to be in these movies for a while. Because Vin Diesel already said before six of them came out, it was going to be ten movies. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, you could have benefited from, like, say if we're doing, like, oh, hey, we're going to record after Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, we're going to do four and five, mm-hmm. then do six and seven. And then... You, you you could be talking about a whole different thing, and then it could be like, well, while we're recording eight and nine, Paul Walker passed away, and like we almost got the series done by now. Mm-hmm. And you can release them whenever you want to, but the movies are done. Instead of that, now they got to go around and like once again, did anybody expect Paul Walker to die the way he did? No. no. And did anybody expect that he's gonna die that young? No. But this shit happens, and it sucks. Now I will say. Mm. I agree because it does also avoid um, having to wait on folks. It avoids what's happening now with the whole Black Panther 2 thing. So Ryan Cougar goes off to, to help produce uh, another movie that we're going to be talking about later yeah. in the podcast. So now it's like, all right, well, you got that. And then he probably has another project that was lined up. Now the pandemic has hit. And then so it's like, when do we get to shoot Black Panther 2? Okay, so you're available. Is Chadwick available? All right. So Chadwick's available. You're available. Is uh, Denai Guerrero available? You know, you, it avoids those kind of conflicts. Mm-hmm. You got to make the money worthwhile. But... Um, to be like, all right, so you got to turn down these other projects that may want you because we want you to shoot, you know, these two and three movies back to back to back like this. But I think for that purpose, it does work when you think about instances with the Fast franchise with Paul Walker. However, that uh, formula only works in, um, you know, if it's not going to be a whole bunch of different stories or if you don't need to include things that are relevant to the time in the movie. Right, right. 
I agree. Because I, I, I would think the same thing, and I was like, why would not? Why would they not shoot this all at once? Uh, one, many people don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> so it is a gamble to use all that money to record everything at once. Mm-hmm. So, because I know Endgame kind of did the same thing. They started off doing everything together, and then they reshot a lot of stuff um, afterwards. So yeah. So, so I mean, you are right. It is a. It is a, like I said. It's, it's a possible. You take a gamble either way. But when you're dealing with movies with stars that are obviously older, mm-hmm. it's popular. Oh, and popular. You know, say I. If, if you want to do a franchise, and once again, also, you, you, you're asking these people to play almost almost the level of de- demigods, right? With superheroes and stuff like that, to the point where there's a certain shape they have to stay in and stuff like that. Yeah. That's you do better. Huh? That's why Hugh Jackman left. He can't keep up. Exactly. Would you? I didn't uh, mean to say it like that, but the week, like I would say, even though, like, that's what they probably should have did when the X Men rebooted in 2011. Yeah, with first class skipping ten years, saying yeah. exactly like let's do first class and uh, Days of Future Past back to back. Then we do Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, and then that way. You can set up an ongoing story to the point where there's not four different visions for a, a story that should be all together. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no overseer. So if John Wick got the similar story and it's been working along with that story, keep that before somebody changes like Star Wars. Right. The the, the Disney version. If they could have did Star Wars all together. They could have, yeah. But like, honestly, Star Wars could have been a whole block. They, they say they, they, they filmed a six and a half hour movie and you just cut it up and send it out like that. That's what you could do with Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. But you end up having three totally different movies. And now one of your stars don't even want to come back. Yes, man. <laughs> Which good for him. I, I wouldn't want him to go back. <laughs> he, but yeah, he, but so, he has way so, too much potential. Yep, so yeah, so I, I'm 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 cool with this movie. Awesome, awesome. Um, now, you had something that I couldn't find earlier about Zoe Saldana. Um, yes, I, I do. I wasn't sure what that was about. Could you uh, enlighten me? Well, I mean, so, I can ask my wife, but... Uh, I mean, I mean if, you, if, you, if you type Zoe Saldana in Google, she, that's the first thing that comes up. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, so, she's not doing much of anything else, like any other yeah, project. So, yeah, it's, just, it's not hard to find at all, but... I told her to take the time off. She, uh, we're spending time with the family, so she's okay. so. She uh, played in the bi- in the 2016 biopic of Nina Simone, mm. and it was not a good choice. Y'all know how I feel about that. But they kind of don't. <laughs> we never talked about it on the podcast before. Oh, I mean, I kind of mentioned y'all, but yeah, yeah, they okay. Don't. So obviously, you know, there, there, it was a problem. Because they put her in, they put her, they, they, they put her in blackface basically, mm-hmm. and then they put prosthetics on her and everything that to make her look like this woman that she clearly didn't look, this dark skinned woman that she clearly didn't look like, and it was disrespectful to the family, especially when the, when her daughter said that's not the actor that she wanted. Oh wow! To to play her, she wasn't a part of this any at all. She wasn't, and it was more of like a a, a slap in the face, and so uh, Zoe Zodana, uh 
she uh, was on an interview uh, on broadcast live on Instagram, and she mm-hmm. said, I should have never played Nina. I should have done everything in my power with the leverage that I had 10 years ago, which was a different leverage, but it was still, it was, it was leverage nonetheless. Yeah. I should, uh, I should have done everything in my power to cast a black woman to play an exceptional, perfect black woman. Uh, and then, uh, she also wrote, uh, her daughter, uh, Nina Simone's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, wrote, I love Zoe Zodana. We all love Zoe from Avatar to Columbiana. I've seen those movies a few times, but not every project is for everybody. Right. And I know what my mother would think. I just don't get it. And it, it was criticized. It was panned. The film only got 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it was destined to be badly reviewed in the first place, like after the yeah. controversy came out. But then I heard the movie itself wasn't even good. Yeah, and she said, and Zoe Zodan said, she deserves better. She said, now, at the time, this, this is what she thought. Uh, I thought back then that I had the permission to play her because I was a black woman, Sedona said. And I am. But it was Nina Sim- But it was Nina Simone. And Nina had a life and she had a journey that should have been and should be honored to the most uh, specific details because she was a specifically detailed individual. Becoming emotional, Sadana added. With that said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know better today that I'm never going to do that again. She's one of our giants, and someone else should step up. Somebody else should tell her story. So she regrets. So uh, she, re, you know, uh, regrets the role. Now, before the Christmas comes, there is the Christmas here also. So this is what happened back in 2013. Uh, when she was interviewed by uh, Latina Magazine. Mm-hmm. And it came out, she says, let me tell you, if Elizabeth Taylor can beat Cleopatra, I can beat Nina. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how much backlash I will get for it. I will honor and respect my black community because that's who I am. In another interview, uh, 2016, she said, there's no one way to be black. You have no idea who I am. I I am black. I'm raising black men. Don't you ever think you can look at me and address me in such disdain? Now, me and uh, uh, Lady Sketch had to talk about this earlier before we went to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my opinion is she should never played Nina Simone in the first place. And yeah. when she it, actually, the funny thing is when she first showed a picture of her playing Nina Simone, I literally like gagged and I like kind of like shivered. I, I was at a drive-thru when she showed me this. Mm-hmm. I remember. And I said, "Who the fuck? What is this?" And that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that, that's what I said. And um, you know, I was like, "Why would she, you know, even be doing stuff like that?" And you know, this is not excusing anything, but she was like, I, I, "I look at both things." I always thought because Zoe Zodan has always have gotten a hard time for her blackness, mm-hmm. and. She is amongst a group of people that the black community calls not black enough. And then, of course, like I said, when we, uh, you know, uh, we had this whole discussion about Dominican stuff, stuff like that off air. But she, I, I, I told uh, Lady Sketch that Zoe Zeldana ain't never denied her blackness. Mm-hmm. She's always said she was, especially when she was playing um, back on, on Star Trek. Aurora? Aurora, yeah. And Aurora approved her for the role. 
And she, and she, I mean, she looks like Aurora or Michelle Nichols. But, but, but what I'm saying is, but you know, people always like, well, no, she's not black. She's Hispanic. She, she has never took away of who she is. And spe- you know, during the movie, stuff like that, Zoe Zodai has always done that. And I was, and then, she, and, then, and then my wife was just like, she has. I said, as far as my life, like, we always giving her the hard time. So it looked like it was more of like, I'm in my feelings because. You know, y'all not treating me like I, I should be treated, which leaves no excuse. Mm-hmm. So, but however, with the room to grow in 2020, her coming out and just basically saying, yes, I was wrong. I did this. I messed up. And like I said, she was probably in her feels because she gets challenged all the time. And it's like, I'm going to talk about this more on my wrestling podcast. But um, Kofi Kingston, as you already know, Kofi Kingston, uh, uh, yeah. uh, swag. Yes, I do. Uh, he was interviewed by another black wrestler and was just like, hey, how does it feel to be the first uh, black WWE champion? And you know what Kofi Kingston said? What did he say? I wasn't. I wouldn't know. <laughs> because you know who was? Was it Booker T? or No, The Rock. The Rock. Okay. But The Rock has been castrated for his blackness as long as I can remember. Yeah, That's was. why when I said there are people today who still be like, he not black. Mm-hmm. That man's name is Dwayne <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> that, that's why my wrestling pockets. I said I don't want to hear no more shit about the Rock after he and called out our president. Oh, 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 our oh, president. Oh, 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 Let's not forget because it's like he be doing stuff. He does stuff for like um to. Trying for the movement in, I guess, the best way he knows how. Uh-huh. Um, but it kind of, that stuff flies under the radar because that's not what you hear about. Right. Like, they're not going to report on main, like, the mainstream news that he did that um, No Justice, No Peace special on BET with his um, Him and his wife with did, his ex-wife. Did, did that special, yeah. So, like, they're not going to report that kind of stuff. Um, you know? But, like I was telling him before... The way society perceives you um, has a lot to do with this. Um, it seems like, because I, I am not, I'm thinking of somebody on the outside looking in um, with family members who identify as such or are Afro-Latina seems to be a, it's not a new label at all. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be the perception, but it seems like uh, one more people are being introduced to the um, to Afro Latina. Like instead of it just being okay, well you are black because you look black, or you are Latina because you look Latina. Where what are your roots? Where do you come from? What do you personally identify as? It's a I would say a newer concept to the masses, rather. Mm. So I feel like just like I was telling him earlier, folks will put you in the bucket where they feel you belong. Um, you know, they, and what is, what's more palatable? Because that's where they'll put you. Mm-hmm. If there's a question, like I said to him, cause I know we'll get into it on the wrestling podcast extensively, but if you put Kofi Kingston in a movie, what is he going to be? He's going to be a black man. Or if he's going to be something outside of American, he'll either be uh, some type of African or Jamaican. Okay? More than likely. If you put The Rock in a movie, 
let's count on our two hands how many ethnicities The Rock has been. A lot. In a, in a, in a movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, where do you put, you know, folks will put you in a bucket based on how they want to process you and how you outwardly, um, how you tell, how, how, how you present yourself kind of thing. So even though The Rock, to my knowledge, in all the years that I have been wrestling, has never said that he is not a black man, several people have over the years been like, He's not, isn't he Samoan or my favorite is, isn't he Hawaiian or something like that? I'm just like, Google, Google was a thing. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I just feel like with the whole Zoe Saldana situation, I was very upset about this whole thing because I didn't like the way this movie was put together. I don't like watching biopics that the family don't approve of. And I mean, like, not in the sense of but like Marvin Gaye and how it seems like this whole thing is a fight over the money for it, but more so like the artistic integrity of a biopic. I have a problem with it. If you can't, if you have, they're living friends, uh, I'm sorry, family first and friends that are around to consult for this biopic and you don't even bother to do the work, then I don't, why would I want to pay you to see this movie? Right. Kind of. Um, so when it was like, I didn't approve, like her daughter didn't approve of this. This wasn't like, they didn't work with her, um, or anything like that. Then I was just like, first, that's the first, the first check mark that I'm like, no, thanks. Then seeing Zoe Zaldana say she was going to play her. And I was just like, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> um, and then to add insult to injury, they started showing her with these cheap looking costumes in this not so great makeup and then a prosthetic nose i was just like oh this is it and then when she doubled down i was like oh see now this is uh, all right <laughs> throw the whole thing away I'm as a aware of this dark skin woman I, I, I guess you just seen the picture yes <laughs> i just <laughs> seen <laughs> <laughs> I would have to talk to her after this podcast to figure out what's going on. He do got a number. Oh, my God. As a dark-skinned woman, I have looked to Nina Simone, one, because of her music, um, but also because she made it a point to explicitly say how young, gifted, and black she was and everybody else around her was and to be proud of the skin you're in. It was a whole, like, that was part of her essence. And then for Zoe Saldana to go and try and play her, it was like, it was a a mockery, Mm -hmm. essentially. If you're not familiar with Nina Simone, not that you couldn't do a Google search, but if you have ever seen Chewing Gum, um, or the I'm trying to think of the new uh, I might destroy I may destroy you on HBO now. Michaela Cole, perfect casting for Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. And if you go and look at the stark contrast between her and a Zoe Saldana, I'm just like, my God, like it's just it's just like in the day and age where this was. A long time ago when this movie started getting made so things were not as um 
culturally sensitive as they are now. But it's just like, girl, we could have done better. Right. But I will say, I applaud her for coming out and saying that she does, that she regrets doing the movie and everything because, yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. But you gotta understand, like sometimes you gotta, you gotta have some growth and be like, damn, that was trash. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just as simple as that. You know, and and, and like I said, I, I I believed in her, in her personal heart, she believed it was trash. But she just couldn't fight the ignorant feelings that she had. I mean, she could have very well been like she wanted to prove her blackness. I very well. Right, it, she shouldn't have to. But right. I'm, but, but, I'm just saying that that could be what it was. Yeah. That could be her logic. Uh, go ahead, Sweat. Oh, no. To say that, that, that could just be her logic thing right now. Like, she's I thought that was dead She's trying to prove how black she is, so she's like, look, here it goes. And it just didn't turn out well. And that's funny, because I did see her go live on Instagram. I I watched it for a few seconds, but then I had something to do, and I I just didn't know it was about this. So, crazy how small the world is. Now, Mm -hmm. I I can't find a segue for this. Judas and the Black Messiah, the trailer... Uh, I definitely could have been like speaking of biopics, but crap. <laughs> I, I could have. Well, uh, but yes, this trailer. First of all, how many accents does Daniel Kaluuya have? Because he just nails every single one of them. Now let me stop you there, sir. <laughs> what, 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 what you about to go, Daniel Kaluuya? That's what I was about to figure out. Like, I'm not going to say like the accent is. Uh, is the best Chicago accent I've ever heard. I was like, it's convincing to me. I was like, D- brother, what what school you go to? <laughs> He's a hitman. He used to be a hitman. He used to be a hitman. That's the only way, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, now, I know, uh, Mr. A&E, you did a reaction on it. How did you feel about the trailer? So, once again, you guys know that, well, personally, that I'm history nuts. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought so, of the Dr. King story where he was really oh, like, yeah. Dr. King's my uncle. You know who my uncle is? <laughs> the weirdest bitch I ever heard in my life. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so uh, I was just like, man, this is gonna be a good movie. And but I was being biased because I the story of Fred Hampton is a very, very compacted story. Because he didn't live that long, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, but it was it was he was a very for the short time that he was here, very powerful man. Which is why but he's not here anymore. That's unfortunately, just, that's the reason why he's not here anymore. So uh, when I seen the trailer, because my wife brought it to my attention, because she usually brings to me the the, the 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 like the black biopic trailers because they, they don't get that much attention mm-hmm. a lot of times, and like she brought respect to me. I've never known respect was out. And she brought it to me, and then she brought me to this one. And I was like. Uh, at first, I was just like, damn, Kalua played Fred Hampton. Because if you look at a picture of Fred Hampton, Sway, mm-hmm. Fred Hampton ain't that dark. Okay. Nope. Fred Hampton is a. If you type Fred Hampton, you about this. Oh, you, 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 actually, I, 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 I did type it in there. I am. But, well, he light. Please, please look up Fred Hampton and then go listen to him speak. Okay. Now, the, 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 the different the thing is, though, when I see Dale Kalua, I was just like, 
damn. And I said that because I was watching the trailer. And first of all, I'm into these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't get I can't get on can't get on get on you with the slave books. I'm like, after the movies, we still got to go to Jim Crow. Right. <laughs> so, so it's like they ain't no way in sight. And I'm saying, but see, this movie is gonna piss me off too. I don't know if it's going to Detroit piss me off. It might. Did, did you it, watch it, Detroit I, yet? No, because you ain't doing it with me yet. We, we, maybe I'll be at 7 o'clock in the morning or the sunny day. We got to be doing nothing that day. We got to watch it, have a big breakfast. It got it to it be, be everything. And then we we like we got to go out there and do something for the world. Because I live around too many certain folks. I'm, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> like my house will blow off. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, we, we still haven't made that commitment just yet. Gotcha. Especially when you got uh, Baby Denzel in there. So, <laughs> but... um. I was like, this is just, but I was so drawn into the movie, and I was just like, I want to see how Daniel Kaluuya pulls this off. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what I'm saying, he don't quite sound like Fred Hampton. Like I said, I know what Fred Hampton sounds like. He don't quite sound like Fred Hampton, and he don't got the look of the skin color there, but he got the mannerisms, though. And I'm like, and he's already a powerful actor that shows that he is well-versed that he can do a lot of different things. He can be downright scary and intimidating, or he can be that damn scared. You know what I'm saying? So depending <laughs> on or what you be, he he got that look. But also, Dan Clue also got that look in his eyes. Like, he always just woke up from a nap. Shut up, like, he do. <laughs> he, he, he do look drowsy a lot. <laughs> he do look drowsy a lot. I was like, so I'm like, but uh, uh, Lakeith Stansfield's this movie, Creep from Like Mike, and uh, um, Tag, what's the other movie tag? What was uh, that? Game night. Game night. Is it? I'm just like, that's as soon as she told me, he, yeah, <laughs> that's who we was. As soon as I see him in this movie, before I even see the trailer, I said that he got to be one of the ones. He defeated. Yeah, he got to be the one. It's kind of like Will Pollard in Detroit. Like as soon as you see that kid, you like, oh, he has to be the racist guy. I, I, that's because, the, one with the eyebrows, right? Yes. Okay. The one that looks like Sid from Toy Story. Exactly. You know, you, know, you Google the the guy, the actor with the eyebrows. He come up. I'm actually I'm Google right now. And you know what's crazy? They, the every, actor with the eyebrows. Everyone the... says he played that role so good, but it's like it'll be wrong to give him an award. It'll be so oh, wrong to give. Him I had to finish. But the actor with the eyebrows, yeah, but, right? Ooh, Did he come up? Yes. I saw with you. Instantly. That man just looks like the ultimate one. Yes. He organizing the meeting. Organizing. This man been playing since day one ish. You know what I'm saying? He did say it was draining playing that cop in Detroit. He said, No shit. I imagine. Especially if you are not a person who is just like overtly racist. If you're a person who tries to live your life right, then you got to go and do this. You're like, You know what, bro? This is a lot. Who has the energy to hate like this? He would have came on. As soon as he became, I was slapped him. Like, <laughs> like, I, I reflex. Like, I know what part you're here to play. In the words of Double <laughs> Toasted, he, like he should get an award for this, but it'll be so wrong if he did. It'll be so wrong if he did. <laughs> so as soon as they said, yeah, as soon as she she, she was telling me, she said the, the, the cop from Game, and I said, I know. Yes, and I see him in the, I see him in the show, I said, oh my god, he just spread evil. You can spot him like an undercover cop at a public uh, function. Yes. Uh-huh. You'd be like, who is this guy with the backwards hat with the, the baggy jeans and a, a earpiece? Definitely an undercover cop. Like, come on, sir. 
And why do they always get the people with the most punchable face to play these people? They know what they're doing. Wait, Topher Grace, I was like, ooh, I just want to. <laughs> oh, my God. I was scared he wasn't going to pull it off in Black Klansman. No, no, he told that Grace? too well. I was like, I, for I, for what he been uh trying to do, you know, for, for what the character he played, he played it well. Yeah. So I am very excited to see, or I, I, I it's supposed to come out twenty twenty one because it's supposed to come out this. Actually, somebody in the comments, uh, thank you, shout out to, I forgot who uh, who put it in the YouTube comments that it was actually supposed to come out the day the trailer came out. Oh. But through the pandemic, it's probably gonna be pushed back to twenty twenty one. Because I think it's a movie that they want people to see. Mm-hmm. Maybe much that. Now, don't get me wrong. The streaming services have been getting better. Because if you look at Disney, and if you look at Netflix, and you look at HBO Max, and you look at these streaming services, even WWE Network, they'd be like celebrating our black voices. Uh-huh. Listen, uh, side, quick side note, uh, I have nothing to do with this. Okay. If we're celebrating our black voice, somebody better get Cinderella on Disney Plus, damn it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. YouTube is not enough, even though YouTube Just had to have a moment. But <laughs> Especially with Moesha coming back. <laughs> but yes, uh, after seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, I'm interested. I am so in. I, I'm honestly excited for this movie. So, yeah. Uh, any last words on that? Now, two things came to mind when I saw this. Uh-huh. I didn't speak on it, really. Like, my give my honest opinion. I was excited for it because I have known about the story of Fred Hampton since I was a kid. Um, And I've always been interested. And then when I got older and, you know, the Internet was invented, (laughs) we got to, uh, you know, we have a little more information. And I was like, oh, okay, that is definitely something that could be a movie kind of thing. Uh, My initial two thoughts were I will only see this. If Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. has approved of it, and apparently he did, um, nice. and he worked with them on it, nice. And also, uh, I hope the way this is set up that this movie is not centered more around Lakeith Stanfield. That's what I'm than scared of too. Telling the story of Fred Hampton. That's what I'm scared of too. Because this is. Because honestly, it looks like this is going to be a period piece from his inclusion to the to Chicago party of the Panthers in like November of 68 uh-huh. to 69. Those like five, six months, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like it's going to be, which I'm hoping it's not. But that, that's what it's, that's what it's to be. giving to me because one, the, the name of it is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. It's not the Black Messiah and Judas. You're right. Context here. Here, hmm. but I am like I knew there was going to be backlash um, from a certain sect of Black Twitter about Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton um, because one he did at some point say he was tired of just doing like um, black films or something like that like just playing black people I guess he just wants to play like in regular movies or whatever mm-hmm. um, but it's been a hot topic of discussion as of late about uh, black British actors coming to the U.S. and playing the roles of uh, black American heroes. So I knew that was going to be some backlash. I was more so looking at it like he doesn't give me Fred Hampton. Like, if I look at him and they ask me what movie this is, I'm not going to say a Fred Hampton movie. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think the most overarching thing that I'm concerned about is that it's going to be a story about Lakeith Stansfield and Fred Hampton is in is going to end up in the background. Like, instead of being the driving plot kind of thing. Okay, okay. So... I mean, that does that does happen a lot. Mm-hmm. And somebody and, was also concerned it was going to be a white savior movie. But they said it's not a white savior movie. Yeah, I, I, hope, I, I really hope it's not the Harriet Tubman story. There's no way to make it a white savior movie when you're dealing with COINTELPRO. I'm sorry. I, I And if you do, you went out of your way to do it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, it, like, I don't mind... Movies about period pieces also, mm-hmm. like when they did Selma. I thought Selma was great because yeah. mm-hmm. it just it just focused on Selma, mm-hmm. and it said the whole story of Martin Luther King Jr. But um, because that be that's that's a very large undertaking. It is, you know, and um, but I I agree with you saying, and I'm like with trailers as the way it goes. I can see it being a good attempt at trying to tell a story that has not been told, mm-hmm. but it it's more so telling the story about. You know, saying not to make it about the Judas in the thing. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, c- continue. Um, uh, sway. Oh, okay. No, that's all I had to say about this. I got to talk so, to you about sub after. Uh, so I'm definitely excited. The, so. court. Oh, God. I was yeah. like, what is he so engaging? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for this. But imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bath Fitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bath Fitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. 